Hello Waterloo Road fans, it's Tom here, your podcast host, just popping in as always before we get going to tell you about our Patreon subscription page, which you can find at patreon.com slash waterlooroadpod. If you head over there, you get all sorts of exclusive extra content from us, including our reviews of other school-based shows, our looks back at particular characters, extended versions of all of our cast member interviews, and you can also get our Waterloo Road Awards. The first half of Series 5 has gone live this week, so there's lots of new stuff there for you to listen to. And I would like to thank those of you who have already subscribed to the Patreon. So thank you to Dylan Gover, who is at Dylan S. Gover on TikTok. Thank you to Lucy, to Maddie, to Natalie, who is at Natalie the Book Reader on Instagram. Thank you to Tom Percival, to Emily Berry, to Sarah Mython, to Hannah Louise, who would like to shout out NHS Mental Health Services. Thank you to Eve, to Claudia Graham, to Georgia Leah, aka The Avocado Bath on both Instagram and TikTok. Thank you to Matthew Kumar and to Lottie Smith. Your support is much appreciated, and if you, listening now, would like to join that list of shout-outs, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash waterlooroadpod, and all of the information is there. And now, without any further ado, let's get on with this week's podcast. and welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. I am your host and Waterloo Road super fan, Tom Beasley, joined as ever by Luke Stevenson in the flesh for the, the first flesh. time since before Christmas. I know, sorry, I'm about to nuke the intro because I just realised that our cat fountain is still on. <laughs> <laughs> a sort of gently babbling brook in the that's probably the quickest we've ever gotten to me being middle class in an episode, isn't it? <laughs> but it's fine. We've made a bit so it can stay in. Um, and we don't have to redo the intro. <laughs> Lovely stuff. <laughs> That's what we like. No, I had a great time with this episode. Oh. Because of the front and the end. Oh, I was going to say, because it was good, question mark? No, 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 not because of that. Um, now, my first note, I'll read it out to you verbatim. Mm-hmm. Is that a correct phrase? I would have pronounced it verbatim, but we'll take verbatim. verbatim that's it. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> verbatim is a word that I've heard, but never seen, but I have seen yes, it written down. That's the thing. People always say, never take the mick out of how someone pronounces a word because it means they learnt it by reading, yes. which you should encourage. <laughs> um, iPlayer has now added a skip recap button. They have. Can I request a skip next time button? And they have actually added one. Maybe they only added it for Waterloo Road because someone was watching it and gone, bloody hell, these are a little bit of a giveaway. But there is now a skip preview button at the end of the episode. Yeah. Well, we talk about it in the podcast, so it's we can't skip the I know, but I, en- I enjoy the fact that, that existed and that, like... You know. So if, if you were to watch Waterloo Road recreationally, which of course you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, they've also added a skip intro and I want you all to know right now if you skip it you're not friends of the podcast no you have to watch the head turns you cannot skip it the head turns are integral have we updated our intro music 
Yes. Okay. So I remember I, we got told off early on in the yes, podcast. Ser- not- series two, we were told off. But I think the, the overhaul between series one and two, I think it's almost completely different music. Whereas it's very similar yeah. <laughs> from a series two onwards. But I do always update it at the end of a series okay. because we were told off that one time. I know. You let you learn again. <laughs> yeah. you know, that's why I never put my foot on a fire after I was four years old. Because I did it once and I didn't need to do it anymore. Some of us never needed to do that once. Look, I was an inquisitive child <laughs> and I burnt my foot. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. So this episode begins... Um, Ronan is now flogging DVDs um, at knockdown prices. This is at the um, uh, the Dante Charles Memorial Car Park for <laughs> DVD flogging. Yeah. I like to think it's the same patch where the uh, closed cuts van sat. Yeah. <laughs> I just, this this school, for all of the things it tries to clamp down on, it has never clamped down on its bootleg DVD market. No, no it seems to be booming. It's, it's almost a bit like the Lib Dems and drugs, isn't it? They're kind of just like, oh, let it carry on, we can tax it. Well, there was an important moment in this scene. I'm not sure if you caught it. Because I think I only caught it because I've got the closed captions on on iPlayer. Okay. But as we're panning away from this lovely tableau, Ronan says, Peep show, a tenor. Peep show, a tenor. (laughs) But this is 2011, right? Yes. So there's what, seven? No, five series of Peep show at that point? He's reselling a one one disc. What a world we used to live in. (laughs) A one series. I remember buying all of the. That's right. I bought all of the three in betweeners discs. Yes. It cost me about twenty pounds to buy. Yeah, all I think three I've got them. all three of the in betweeners discs. Yes. Yeah, so I just pay three pound ninety nine <laughs> for all four plus. <laughs> what a time to be alive! So Jess is complaining to Vicky because she has spent the night in the hotel where her dad's now living. Her and Harry. Um. And it's a hotel. She'd left her phone charger behind, and the hotel had no satellite, meaning no satellite TV. Presumably, I think, uh, yeah. Well, have you ever referred to it as satellite? No, we always just called it Sky. Sky, yeah. But it's BBC in it. <laughs> there wasn't. Was there another satellite provider? I like to think that if they did this on the reboot with, with no BBC iPlayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's um, yeah. I couldn't think. Because I seem to remember, like people used to get like extra satellites for like weird sports, like say Tanta Sports or something like that. <laughs> so Tanta Sports was like a premium add-on to Sky. Wasn't yeah, it? but like, I like I BT like is now. You used to have to have a man come out and like twi- twizzle something. <laughs> the man from Satanta Sports. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can watch Burnley versus Villa on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Do you remember when they used to like the twelve, the twelve thirty on a Saturday kickoff? I mm-hmm. believe used to be on like this golden, like the premier package. Yeah. Where you pay five pounds extra for that game, um, and they were always crap. Mm. And then you can probably pay £50 a year to get all of them. I'm saying this as if Sky hasn't gotten even more ludicrously expensive (laughs) to watch football, (laughs) kicking more people out of the game as they go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what I liked about this is that, um, because this is a thing that they sort of bring up in the episode, but don't really interrogate enough, um, which is that Jess is complaining about all of this. And then Vicky goes, oh, it must be nice for those to be your problems. Mm -hmm. And there's a little thread in this episode of... Vicky needling Jess because of how privileged and pampered she is and how she thinks she's got it bad but doesn't actually have it bad at all. Yeah. And then it doesn't really build no. anything. Jess's <laughs> sister did disappear. No, that's a big thing. I know Vicky ha- does have it harder, but still, I think, you <laughs> yeah. know, we can't... Je- yeah, but that's that's not currently what Jess is Jess upset is about. Jess is not Brett Aspinall. <laughs> no. Jess is currently upset about the fact she couldn't watch Satanta Sports. But if, you go, <laughs> if you go 
back through, it's ground zero, her sister disappears. Yeah. Her parents' marriage falls apart, her dad has an affair, they're now staying in a hotel where she doesn't have a phone charger or say Tanta's spawn. <laughs> Look, we've all had, we've all shed tears about not having Satanta Sports. Do you remember there was like that little time in between, basically, when we, we were just about growing up and there was a time in between having Sky and in between streaming services where you'd have one TV in the house that would be your Sky TV. Yeah. Then all the other ones you go, oh, I could go in there, but I have to watch Freeview. <laughs> Well, you, you could you could have channels one through five, and then you could have channel six, which was whatever was on the main TV. Yes, oh, that was fun. Because <laughs> that was a big selling point. Because Sky had like Sky Multi Room, which was you can watch different things on channel six in different rooms of the house. <laughs> yeah, I remember that you'd be able to watch the one that was downstairs, and then if someone started changing it because they didn't know, you just start yelling at people yeah, downstairs. Yeah, exactly. What a time. What a time. What a time. We don't, we don't really into this episode, are but we? But Jess hasn't got this. She's got no satellite. She's got no satellite. She's got Freeview. Yes. <laughs> she has got challenge. And That's all she's she got. She has got Finn doing Waterloo Road has a crush on someone. Yeah. Which is he's laying back on a wall, biting his lip, saying yeah. nothing. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Imagine if that, that works for him as well. Yeah. Imagine if that worked. I mean, he's an attractive young man. I don't know about that. But yeah, he is. He's a bit scuzzy. Yeah, but he's scuzzy in like an attractive way. I don't know. As someone who's never been scu- well, someone who's never been attractive or scuzzy in an attractive way, I find it difficult. <laughs> Nor to have I. But... Totally. Um. So uh, we we learn that Charlie is considering moving in with Maria, um, and and Karen sort of pretends she's okay with that, even though she isn't. Chris is upset that Vicky knows about him and Jess. Um, wants to know how she found out. Has Jess been blabbing? Um. And then Chris says, I'm starting to think that owning up in the first place would have been better than all this. Yes. To, to which everyone responded, yes. <laughs> yes, it would have been. And it, like, the thing is, what he's, he's accusing Jess. He's like, I don't know how else she could have found yeah. out. How about your direct past <laughs> with Vicky? Yep, yep. I also just like, because he, he says this, he goes... I should have, you know, just told, owned up from the start and yeah. better. He says that this situation is doing his head in, <laughs> rather than what most people would say, which is filling me with daily existential dread about yep, what yep. the inside of a prison cell looks <laughs> yes. like. Yes. yes. I just don't know how you could do that and walk around <laughs> yes. and just be fine. It's so weird. Yeah. Can um, I now um, yeah, make a preemptive claim that can my name be Sweet Boy Stevenson? <laughs> no it can't I want to reclaim it from Finn <laughs> but yeah so Finn is yeah referring to Josh as sweet boy Stevenson which it's a nicer nickname than he thinks it is I think yeah I'm not sure if like like as far as like homophobic insults go sweet boy is kind of okay yeah unless there is a history to that phrase that we are not familiar with and it's one of the, you know it's a or maybe it's a, it's a regional slur that we maybe. all have just been too casual about maybe. on the podcast, but at which point, forgive us. Yes. But, yeah, I, I, it feels like they've they've gone, all right, we want Finn to be homophobic, but he's also going to redeem himself at the end yeah, of the yeah, episode, yeah. so we can't go too far off the yeah. deep end with it, because then yeah. it's it's irredeemable. If yeah. he's saying, you know, more ex- extreme slurs, yeah. then you're, you're in a difficult place with that. Yeah. So, uh, Ruby is militantly upset with Janice for eating crisps. It's well known that if you eat crisps, your baby will die. Yeah, I don't... It's so... Like, basically, all you need to do is just eat enough for two people. Yeah. 
the, the, the goal of being pregnant wanting to carry a baby to term is to successfully carry it to term yeah. whether you leave it with a perfect cholesterol level <laughs> yes. is not really your problem is yes. it and it's not like Janice you know Janice is a petite woman she's fine <laughs> yeah like I think she'll be okay she's yeah. not yeah um so uh, Marcus has turned up for his first day as a teacher at the school he is a geography teacher um he asks Tom about you know balancing being a parent with being a teacher seeing as he also has a son at the school yeah because Tom, Tom's the the authority on doing that well isn't yeah. he there's a lot in this episode of like Marcus acting like he's never been a teacher before I suppose he hasn't taught his own children I guess in a school setting but even later in the episode there's a conversation he has but he was he was a university lecturer yeah well didn't he work his way up though I I'm don't. sure they said he worked his way off. But he's been out of the classroom too long. I think that's what it is. I think that's what they would argue is what they're doing. Yeah, so bring Alan Kerbishly back. Yes, they would argue he's Kerbishlying. Yes, it's too, been too long. It's Ralph Ranyuk. Yes. Um, who could be out of a job by the time this comes out. <laughs> um, yeah, I just find it funny that he kind of, you know... Cristiano Ronaldo is now player manager. <laughs> it's just like, Tom. Tom's advice wasn't just... Adopt every stray child you yeah. can. That's, but yeah. also, like, that co- interaction goes nowhere mm. because the balancing act between Marcus and his day job doesn't really... And his it's not relevant. ...doesn't no. exist. It is there to set up Tom for the episode yeah. where he's you know, trying to be, I'm a teacher. Yeah. Josh, why don't you come along to the self-defence class? Yeah. But I have thoughts. I have thoughts about the self-defence class. I am certain... about attire. <laughs> I am certain they are the same thoughts. <laughs> I've never been more sure that we're on the same page. Um, so we get a blast of uh, Many of Horror by Biffy Clyro. Oh, I hate it. Which is the playout song of this episode. I, I, um, I do not enjoy Biffy Clyro <laughs> in the slightest. What's wrong with them? They're just bad. <laughs> As someone who quite likes vanilla acoustic music, yeah. they're particularly annoying. Yeah, you see, you don't like vanilla acoustic music as much as I do. <laughs> Yeah, so, I'm more of a clotted cream vanilla. Yeah. You're like uh, just plain white vanilla. Like plain white vanilla, yeah. Tesco's own. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, Vicky is, you know, upset about Jess complaining about stuff because she hasn't asked what's going on with Vicky. Turns out that Vicky's dad has had a stroke and he's in hospital. Um, and that's why she's sort of trying to hustle Chris to get better grades because she doesn't want that going wrong on top of everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Jess's response is to ask Vicky to move in with her. Easy. Easy. Solved it. We've got satellite and everything. We've yeah, got Satanta Sports. <laughs> Who was it? 2011. Bring your daddy can watch Villa Burnley. <laughs> it would have been on 2011. It would have been Villa. They would have been like, because they were about f- six or seven for that point. Yeah. It's just Villa games now. Nah. Like Crystal Palace. They're permanently about 12th. <laughs> Crystal Palace were in the Premier League then. <laughs> That's a random amount of time West Brom got promoted. It was a very strange time. <laughs> Fittingly, you've gone quite brummy as you're discussing West Brom. It happens. <laughs> it happens. That was not intentional. Yeah, as soon as you start talking about Albion, <laughs> full yam yow. <laughs> um, that's regional slang that listeners will not know. <laughs> so, uh, Marcus uh, clocks Ronan trying to sell DVDs in his class. Ronan hands over his stock <laughs> to, to, to Marcus. How does episode could have been avoided if Ronan just didn't try and sell DVD in the classroom? <laughs> yeah. Like, he still, li- he still he lives be... with his kingpin father. I was going to say, he'd be happily installed as the sort of Michael Corleone <laughs> of Rochdale. <laughs> uh, 
a few scenes later, we see Ronan trying to steal back the DVDs. Marcus wants to do this thing where there's fortnightly meetings between parents and... He's got huge <laughs> New Year, New Me energy in this, doesn't he, Marcus? It's quite... Like, I have so many ideas. It's quite a, It's quite Andrew Treneman. It is, yeah. Um, but without the kind of... He, he doesn't have the, the stiff upper lip of public schooling. No, it's, the er, <laughs> it's the early abrasive Andrew Treneman before Kim sorted him out. Yeah. <laughs> He, like he needs to be taken down a few pegs, like. But no, I feel Andrew like Marcus was. has a bit of like earnestness in it, where Chandler was just kind of just like, "I'm here to smack you into shape, yeah, Whereas... to sort you working class folk out." <laughs> Hello, great unwashed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Tom is talking to Josh, roping and, and saying, "Oh, I've been roped into doing these self defense classes because Mister Cuthbert or whoever who was supposed to be doing them can't do Their them." Their school is still doing regular self defense classes. Yeah, since it's you know. People should be alert, but in our store, in, in our timeline, it's been four years yeah. since an attack. <laughs> and Josh jokes, "What you doing that? That's ridiculous." Obi Wan Clarkson, we've have oh. you watched the show? <laughs> we saw him do a self defense class in a full like judo outfit. Has not three two? years ago. Has he done two? I think it was just the one because it was at the time of the masked attacker. Yes, but, and oh, Izzy was there because I was like, trying yeah, to, I was it's thinking, series two. Yeah, but I was like, I was pretty certain that at some point, yeah, but it was like, so he both wore the judo outfit yeah. and made that and got inappropriate with that girl and made her fall in love with him all in that. Yes, yes, that was it. Yeah, 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 that was the time. Like, how quickly they forget. It's like they haven't watched the show before. I, I was honestly, I was like, what? <laughs> Not just that he'd done it before, but he did it in the full judo outfit. He was, you know, he was full kit. Like, he was brought in because he had some sort of background. Or just the outfit. <laughs> or just owned the outfit. <laughs> he likes to get into cosplay while he's watching Satanta Sports. <laughs> Are they exi- do they exist as any form of company? I'm just fishing for sponsorship because we've said their names so many times. There was a few pretenders, wasn't there? Because there was there was another one. What was the other one? Around the same time as Satanta, but before BT. Oh, they had... That secured like a token that e- ESPN game. did it. Yeah. ESPN was the what, forerunners to BT yeah, Sport yeah. doing it. <laughs> Satanta Sport still says it's the ultimate sports viewing experience. The ultimate sports viewing experience. From Dublin, Ireland. There you go. So if you'd like to sponsor us... Oh, it's defunct. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the ultimate sports viewing experience. June June 23rd, 2009, UK only. January 29, 2020, except ex-USSR countries. Oh, okay. Okay. Some Soviet sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) Ex-Soviet. So Jess approaches Karen about um, Vicky possibly staying... Um, Karen says, oh, it sounds like Vicky does need some support, but she can't stay with us. There's too much family disruption already. Fair point, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, what would the neighbours say if her husband moves out and a 16-year-old girl moves in? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a midlife crisis. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Marcus has got Ronan's address from Janice. He goes to visit Ronan's dad, Kev Burley, Martin Kev- Kemp. I, the, the the true mystery of this episode is about how a man so East End <laughs> has a son who is so Manchester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like I get it, but like you know, 
We, you said then, I was talking about West Brom and my voice went slightly brummy. Yeah. Now, I grew up with two brummy parents <laughs> yeah. in Cornwall. <laughs> I have a pretty neutral accent. <laughs> yeah. by all I accounts. like that. It levelled out. <laughs> it, just, it levelled out. And my parents aren't particularly strong with their accents either. Yeah. You don't, you know, you don't come from East End, move to Manchester for 16 years, <laughs> stay that cockney. <laughs> And then your son is just full. He lives with you all day, every day, but yeah. still he just takes it. You know, he's Liam Gallagher. <laughs> um, so yeah, Martin Kemp is is uh, talking about how, um, oh, I did all right without exams. I've got my own business. Um, you know, he says, just sort of hiding the bodies in the freezer <laughs> behind him. <laughs> See, at this point, I went, oh, cool. He's like, like cause I didn't want to go. Cockney man, own business, criminal. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's where the show was guiding you I was, before I, they say it. But like, I was one of those things where I was like pre-correcting my preconceived <laughs> biases, and I was just like, "No, I'm not, I'm not going to believe he does that." And then the show told me, and I was like, "Well, show, I expected better from you." Yeah. So we know a strange scene where Ruby's trying to teach Janice what vegetables are. Yes. Um, trying to have have her identify a butternut squash. To be fair, I didn't know what one was until far too late in my life. <laughs> I, 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 I can identify what a butternut squash is, but I don't think I'd ever eat it. Oh, they're nice. But what do you have it with? Well, you have them. You can sometimes have them in soups. I, I only like chicken and tomato soup. <laughs> You could have chicken, squash, and tomato soup. Why would I do that when the chicken soup is so good? <laughs> I, we also put it in our um, veggie curry. Right, okay. But why would I do that when I could have chicken? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, Janice is starting to get like upset about Ruby's interfering and says, brilliantly, women have been dropping sprogs for hundreds of years. <laughs> <laughs> And Ruby, as a true pedant, feels the need to remind her that it's thousands. Yes. I just love that. I like that there are several episodes, several moments in these, this episode and indeed the next one where I've just written "I love Janice." <laughs> so good to have her back. Yeah, I do. I do get that. Like, it's not to that extent, but it's one of those things where it's like has has the excesses of modern life got so far where it's like people used to. I know it wasn't pleasant. People used to give birth in the forests. <laughs> And and now it's like if you don't take these eighty six nutrients yeah, yeah. daily before your child is born, they'll be yeah. born with an eighth ear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There weren't any folic acid supplements in the forest. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> 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 gave birth while wrestling a deer to the ground. <laughs> um. So. Uh... Uh, Martin Kemp bizarrely goes, "Oh, come on! I'll show you what my kid's got. He wants for nothing." They go up. He only does this because it advances the plot. Yeah, exactly. It's so stupid. So he goes up and he sees that Ronan has been selling all of his own stuff. Um, and at this point, your attempt to not prejudice surely must have gone out the window when he goes, well, it must be drugs. This has got to be drugs. like, has it got to be drugs? Yeah. But then I suppose if a kid has everything, what, what would they want to spend it on, which they don't... No. But he holds up what I estimate to be about three hundred pounds. Yeah, so a couple of hundred quid. How much is a drug? <laughs> well, we've seen the next episode, so we only know based on Amy's going rate. <laughs> it's about a tenner for a four grams. Yeah, for a, a bit of drug or oregano. <laughs> um, so yeah, he finds, like I say, this cash under the under the mattress. Um, so meanwhile, Jess has gone to the staff room to talk to her dad. Um, asks him if uh, her and Vicky can stay with him. It's not clear 
whether this means in... Because she says when you get your own place. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't know how long that's going to be. Because she doesn't know he's planning to move in with... No, but they haven't been told about the affair at this point. So what does she propose that her and Vicky do in the interim? I don't... I don't know. Because Maybe. if... if as, as indeed we find out. If Karen says yes, they can make the move immediately. Maybe he has <laughs> sold them on this dream. It's like, oh, sorry, you have to stay in the hotel last night, but it won't be that way for yeah. long. So they've gone, oh, it won't be that way for long, so yeah. we can make these arrangements. Maybe. Because, you know, newly divorced single single uh, parents, you know, generally want to get their house with an extra bedroom for a child that isn't theirs. Yeah. <laughs> she is, um, Jess has really quickly grasped the kid of divorced parents thing of playing them off each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's very good. She wasn't doing that already. Yeah, anyway. she's a, she is a natural. Um, so, uh, Ronan has received a message from his dad and he's really angry at Marcus, shouts at him in the middle of one of his lessons to keep his nose out. He goes into Karen's office um, and she snaps at Marcus to sort it out yourself because she's just had a, a spat with Charlie. So, you know, Karen ultimate professional, is allowing her personal life to interfere with the running of the school. Rachel Mason would never. No, she would not. (laughs) Um, I believe Ronan, when he gets this text, he's just finished selling what what looked like a PlayStation 1 in 2011. I think maybe it's a a commentary on the fact he's at his absolute lowest ebb. He's like, I'm going to try and sell this PlayStation 1. Yeah, he's selling peep show for a quid. (laughs) Um, so yeah Ronan's getting all his cash because he wants to flee Rochdale and now because of this situation he feels like he has to go today Um, Marcus is running around trying to find Ronan um, and tells Ruth he can't have lunch with her because he needs to do his teaching job um, and tells her to go off and make friends just just do it just go make friends don't be very um, but he, he can't continue to find Ronan because he's accosted by his other child. Um, so Jonah shouts at him, accuses him of never listening to any other people, whether it's him or whether it's Ronan or whether it's Ruth, uh, and not being able to admit when he's wrong, which is fair. Yeah, I don't understand why Jonah got so upset that his dad disciplined a child, though. That's kind of like his Yeah, job, well, also, as he has known Ronan for at most two weeks. <laughs> is it six weeks at this point, right? Uh, well... I guess. That first day, his sister absconded into the <laughs> yeah, yeah. He probably wasn't, like, making friends. <laughs> yeah, though. yeah, he was just like... <laughs> his, his mind was on the moors, I think, yeah, at yeah. that point. So, brilliantly, in the self-defence class, Tom's trying to talk about how some people in the room might be more vulnerable than others, and he flounders like any white man trying to talk about <laughs> diversity. <laughs> it's a great example of the song with the best intentions. Yeah, 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 it really is. Making a disaster of things. Yeah, it, it's beautiful. And he can't, he can't just front up and just say, you're all at risk, because the world is full of horrors. Yes. And men are horrible. Yeah. Because it's so weird that he can't get around the idea, like, they literally have... The last time he did this class was in response to women being attacked yeah. near the school. Yeah. He cu- he goes, why do we need this, sir? Well, one of all, you all signed up. This is like a, this is an extracurricular activity they yeah. all signed up for to turn up and go, why do we need this? Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, we but had then- to sign up, sir. We're the kids with speaking roles. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, he cu- it's just like, oh, this has to be about Tom not saying that his son's gay in front of everybody. Yeah. Well, actually, he could just go, well, a few years ago, there were young women attacked nearby yeah so we, t- we that's why we introduced this class yeah um but no instead it's like josh has got curly hair 
Oh, ha, ha, ha. Very good, yeah. Um, and then in the session, we see <laughs> basically what the session amounts to is Tom bringing up successive girls to overpower Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Which... Which doesn't help in the way that I think Tom hoped it would. No. Although surely the very purpose of the class is for the 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 perceived vulnerable people to be able to overpower the person playing the attacker, who in this case is Josh, right? Yeah, yeah, he kind of, he's kind of ebbing the attacker on. He, he <laughs> wants Josh to succeed in these assaults. <laughs> yeah, in playing the role of the attacker. Like, I've brought you here to be a better assailant. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, they're they're really prepared. I, I know you know, how much self defense can you teach sixteen year olds? Yeah, but they seem adequately prepared if someone attacks slowly from the front. Monty Python sketch. Like, what if they come with a pointed stick? Yeah. <laughs> Just, <laughs> don't attack you with a banana. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> Janice ominously explains to Marcus that Mar- that Martin Kemp's character is one of the Burleys. The Burleys. As if they're a crime syndicate. They're the craze. But we don't... Appropriately enough for, mm. for the Kemps. Um, but we don't see any other evidence of any other Burleys. No. He, he, he is the Burley. <laughs> he, he is the Burliest of, <laughs> yeah. of them. But no, because I suppose he mentions that his like, older brother or his cousin or whatever was put away later on. Yes. I think, yeah, maybe it's that family. You don't know if the news stories that he looks up is about him yeah. or is about others. But the thing is, um, is if this is so well known that yeah. everyone knows it, why doesn't Karen raise more of an eyebrow Absolutely. when they say Ronan's having problems? Yeah, this is what had to be Marcus because he's the only person who's not aware of... Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> everyone else would go, oh God, yeah. I'm not getting involved. Because he's been living in that farmhouse by the moors yeah. for his whole life. He's not familiar with the Burleys. Just wondering. Because <laughs> yeah. he's not socialised. <laughs> he's not worldly. <laughs> I, I struggle to believe that a man who seems to be so active in wanting to connect with the community as Marcus yeah. would not be aware of the local news. Yeah. And wouldn't be able to read Ronan's second name on the register. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like it's like a, a code name. Like no. that's the thing I find like, so, like Ronan is one of the Burleys. <laughs> I just find like again, we I live nowhere near criminality, but the idea that there is just a family yeah. that you just go, oh yeah, they're, they're the crime family. Yeah, and everyone knows that's the crime family. Yeah. Like we live in the Sopranos. <laughs> Because, oh yeah, they do the crimes. Yeah, they do the like, crimes. Then if, if we all know this, if, if us, us teachers, if we all know this as members of the public service, yeah. how can we not figure that out? <laughs> um, so yeah, Marcus goes and looks at all these news articles. Ronan is, is fleeing Marcus, but runs straight into his dad, says, oh, I can't be around you anymore. I can't be who you want me to be. The idea being that Ronan is like going to be brought in as the, as but I said, the Michael point, Corleone figure. We don't know that that's a crime family at this point. <laughs> so when he says, "I don't know who you can't be who you want me to be," I'm like, "Who does he want you to we've, be?" We've seen the news articles, so we sort of we're putting the pieces together. Because there was a line that Martin Kemp says when he first meets Marcus about wanting Ronan to take over the family business. Ah. Uh. I think I was paying as well. Which much. at the time you were trying to tell yourself was an innocuous. I thought business. it was like, like a DVD. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like CEX. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Martin Kemp's like, you know, starts getting angry with his son, wants to like take him away. And Marcus steps in to stop uh, Kev Burley taking Ronan. They have a fight. Now, I would think that the kingpin of a ruthless crime family would have made a better fist of this fight. I don't know. Because like in, you know, the first half of series five, for example... When 
Chris lamps Max Tyler in the face. Yeah. That is one solid end of discussion like, punch. When you're the head of a crime family. <laughs> yeah. Now, forgive me for speaking from a lot of experience here. <laughs> but I know, I think what we wanted was the voice of the uh, <laughs> crime kingpin, so please do assume the role. <laughs> Look, of all of all the personalities on you know all the life's lives we've tried to inhabit and understand, yeah. it's probably the most relatable. Yeah, yeah. Um but like you don't do your own dirty work. No, I we Well just... how he how he gets caught is a mystery to me. <laughs> if they're if they're such a renowned crime family, how come he's doing his own little housing robberies on the uh, on the posh side of Rochdale? Um <laughs> But yeah, like I, I just the thing I love about that, and we'll talk about it more later, is the fact that he went, well, I had a big, uh, big bust up with my son. Better go do a robbery. <laughs> but I booked the robbery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's in the Google calendar now. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Sp- spoons and knuckles would be very upset if I don't turn up. This isn't about me or you or spoons. <laughs> um, so they start having this fight. Tom intervenes. Great thing where Marcus and Ronan are talking afterwards and Marcus says, I feel responsible for all of this. And Ronan just goes, that's because you are responsible. <laughs> and I love that. I love that. Um, so Ronan doesn't want to run the crime business. Um, he says he's still determined to leave. And because it's Waterloo Road, he has to set a ticking clock and says, I'll stick around till the end of school. <laughs> but, but why? But, but why? I, I need this one day of education yeah, to see please. me off into life. Sorry, I've got to go and sit in double maths and then I'll decide whether I want to flee my crime lord father. <laughs> the thing that like, really upset, like, is so Tom comes out to break up the fight. Yeah. Now, Tom has just been demonstrating <laughs> yes. a takedown move to the whole class, and he doesn't use it. Yeah. Or that could have been a moment for Josh, Josh to yeah. come and just go expertly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, would have, that could have been Josh's moment, definitely. So, meanwhile, uh, Janice has found some information um, about Ruby and how she'd never told Janice that John's business had folded and that they had financial troubles and marital troubles last year. And so... If she's going to get on Janice's back about the health of the baby, then she wants to find out about all of the other stuff. Um, and then we get another I love Janice moment where she just says, just because you know what a courgette looks like doesn't mean you're a good parent. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Marcus is is angry because it seems that everyone at the school knew about Kev Burley and no one had told him. Um He's walking day one because on the off chance that on day one he's going to pick on the son of the crime lord. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, that one's dad is the guy oh, from Spandau Ballet. Yeah, the Cockney one. I don't know why he's got that accent either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I do feel like um, you'd uh, you would tell a teacher that one of the children's parents is a crime lord, and therefore yeah. you have to be a bit careful around it. Yeah, I feel like if you're coming into a school like Waterloo Road, which you know makes a big thing about it has these kids from underprivileged backgrounds and who have troubled home lives. You'd think if you were going into... Especially, he's teaching like A-level classes, which are quite small. Like, you'd think he'd have some sort of information on that, who those kids were. Yeah, yeah. Like, here are the two or three in your class that have got additional challenges. Yeah. Um. So it's, it's at this point that Tom and Marcus have this weird chat about intervention. And Tom is talking to Marcus like Marcus has never taught a child before. Yes. And I found it so baffling. I was really confused it, by it's it. It's kind of... They do a kind of a new teacher patronisation yeah, yeah, yeah. every, every, with every new teacher who comes to school is like you've taught other schools but you've never taught you've never Waterloo taught Road, Waterloo Road. <laughs> this, this is how it goes here we're Cockney we're Mank we're all things we're all things all things to all people um, so Janice and Ruby are doing a sort of Reddit AMA with each other <laughs> <laughs> Ruby asks 
uh, whether the the father had any signs of like glaucoma. <laughs> and then brilliantly, she says, "We'll greet any genetic mutations as a pleasant surprise," which I thought was quite funny. I like Ruby in this more comedic role. Yeah, not having to shoulder so much narrative stuff. Yeah, yeah, not not having to either kiss Max Tyler's ass or you know just be having all these horrible things happen yeah. to her. But yeah. It's quite nice. It's, it's, it's a nice little bond. Yeah, I think so. And then there's a nice little bit where they admit to each other that they're both kind of scared uh, about the baby. So uh, Josh kind of confronts Finn about the sort of the homophobic bullying. And, you know, he's uh, like, oh, I don't even fancy you that much. Get over yourself. And then once they've had that, once they've got past that, <laughs> they kind of reconcile and they're friends yeah. again. Do you know how I know Finn is not an intelligent person? It's because... He, asked, he accuses Josh of sharking him over the summer, and he has no pun on his own name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was right there, Finn. It was. It was so... Like, it's not that common a phrase. No. So, like, he must be using it deliberately. He, he was, you know, he was, you know, basically adjacent to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he didn't Stop even it. say, do you think Jess will shark me? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Charlie now reveals to Jess about the affair because they decided not to tell the kids before. Um, Jess uses the expression, your fancy piece, when talking about Maria. We spoke on a previous episode about Sam Kelly using quite an incongruous phrase. I think it was hide the salami. Yes. Fancy piece. Fancy piece. Fan- Could I be Sweet Boy Stevenson if you'd be Fancy Piece <laughs> yeah. Beasley? That would be our crime family names. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's a Sweet Boy to Fancy Piece. Sweet <laughs> Fancy Piece pick up. So Marcus and Ronan are now having a conversation um, about like their ambitions for the, about like Ronan's ambitions for the future. And Marcus says, "When I was your age, I wanted to lose my virginity and win a Nobel Prize oh, on the same night." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I think... how good does he think the lovemaking will be? Because <laughs> there is no pause, so he, <laughs> he he truly believes that we give him a Nobel Prize <laughs> off the basis of his first yeah, attempt. Not, at not on the first time, mate. <laughs> So um, Ronan says that he wants to be an estate agent and then we get, might as well work for my dad, right? At least he's an honest criminal. (laughs) 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 Apologies for the estate agents listening. But do you think people want to be estate agents? (laughs) I I think every estate agent I've ever seen gives off the vibe of someone who went there for work experience and never left. Yeah, but it's because... They've <laughs> they've had years of saying they're a state agent and the whole room going, <laughs> but it, it's just like, better off being Martin Kemp. At least he's an honest criminal. It's like, did you get it a bit when you were in journalism and you tell people you were a journalist? They go, ooh, better not tell you anything. Ooh. No, I, I used to not tell people I was a journalist. Because <laughs> I still get that, even though I'm not that kind of journalist. Yeah. Like, I write about films. I do a Waterloo Road podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless you've got a big scoop about films or Waterloo Road. Yeah, and then you're always just like, because of who we know, our friends are either in journalism or in marketing. Yes. So, oh, so if you if you meet a friend of a friend at a place, they can't tell you something. It's like you you work in marketing. You can tell me nothing. Yeah. Marcus says to Ronan to like, you need to go and talk to your dad, which seems strange. Sort of send him into the lion's den of this. this <laughs> I, I I'm glad that they kind of like address it with Ronan's actions at the end, but there's a big vibe in this, which is just. Well, Ronan is part of the crime family. Yeah, we have a te- we have testimony from the child 
that this is a crime family yeah, yeah, doing yeah. crimes. Yeah. There's, there's nothing really that I can do apart from try to piece this family back <laughs> together. Yeah, it's it's the child who goes. I'm going to call the police and tell them about yeah. the crimes. The teachers are kind of just like, well, as long as we get you attending school, we don't yeah. really mind. What it's because the last thing they want is Martin Kemp on the roof of the school wearing a bunny suit. Oh. So- <laughs> And there's a strange bit about Janice daring Ruby to kiss Grantley. All weird. Yeah. Um, there's a, another little scene where Tom goes in, into the, the hall again for whatever reason and sees that Josh and Finn are practising the self-defence stuff. There's lots of sort of little weird scenes here that don't really add up to anything because like Jonah goes and apologises to his dad and Marcus says, oh, I'll listen to your opinions in the future. Janice offers to move in with... Ruby and John inviting yourself to live with someone and like it's not even clear why like as far as we know Janice has a perfectly stable home yeah and then but then she's like if you're gonna nag me might as well do it at your house it's like what that's it doesn't make any sense that no Um, and it's just to set up some of the stuff in the next episode which well at least they're setting up things now yeah in series 4 Janice would have just been living with them (laughs) yeah yes She'd turn up at the door one night. Um, There's a little bit of Harry and Ruth bonding. Finn goes and asks Jess out to have the confidence that Finn has. God, if I had an inch of that guy's confidence, I don't know what I'd achieve. And he, as far as he knows, in the next episode, he's being rewarded for it. Yeah. Like, we know he isn't, but (laughs) he doesn't. So... When Ronan goes back to his dad's house, Martin Kemp gives him a full, like, Don Corleone Godfather hug. (laughs) (laughs) My son. It was. It absolutely was. I loved it. It's the best bit of acting in the whole episode. It's a little bit, um, uh, to, to, you know, for people who haven't seen The Godfather. um, Yeah, it's only one of the most famous movies of all time. It's also three and a half hours long and boring, Tom. (laughs) Um, Ooh. No, that's not controversial. Everyone who watches it goes, that was boring, but it was great, I guess. Oh, no, I thought it was boring. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's more like Voldemort hugging Malfoy. It is kind of that hug. It is. Um, so, yeah, this whole thing is weird. So, like, uh, Kev's trying to convince Ronan back into the family and, and then he launches into this rant about moral codes and stuff. Um, and then Ronan's adamant he still wants to leave and Kev gives it the whole, you leave this ass and you ain't coming back. Um, Don't come crawling back to me. Yeah, so then they're in Marcus's car outside and like, it's so weird. Like, What was the end game of this scene supposed to be in Marcus's mind? Was he just going to go and live back with his crime lord dad? Yeah, I don't, he, he just wanted to re- repair it, but at what point... Cause it, it, that's the thing that and then it, when, when Ronan is then in the dock for GBH in two years' time, how guilty would Marcus feel? It, it, <laughs> none of the adults have a plan for how to deal with the falling out between a child no. and his kingpin father. <laughs> um, and that but, is an oversight in pastoral care. Yeah, but <laughs> Ronan has told him of crimes and told yeah. him of things. So surely as like... I, I don't know if this is how the government works, but, but like surely if you're a... A public employee, yeah. and you have been given evidence of crimes. You need to report that. Surely, surely. But he's just kind of like, we can fix things. <laughs> and then, what, what, the end game is, Rony keeps turning up to geography, and then he marks has to make special allowances for all the crimes he was doing <laughs> the night before. Yeah, suddenly, he's keeping all of his counterfeit goods in Marcus's classroom. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, Marcus then asks Ronan, like, do you want to stay with me? And Rose's like, no, I want to stay at my own home. And then we see him phone the police. <laughs> a few scenes later, it's a hilarious scene <laughs> of, like, Marcus and his gang doing a bit... Not Marcus and his gang. Martin Kemp and his gang doing a bit of a crime. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're in black carrying boxes yeah. out of a slightly nice house. So you just go, oh. Oh, it's a crime. <laughs> Criminals have been found. They've been doing a crime. But they, they, they sort of imply that that's the end of the matter. Yeah. That, like, the Burleys don't have a sort of wider network and that might be repercussions. Yeah, yeah, because he grasped. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, the Burleys are such a name that this one thing takes them all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I struggled with that a lot. Like, the idea that, well, that's the end of that story then. But it's the end of the episode, so it's the end of the story. <laughs> yeah, it's the end of the school day. And once the school day is finished. <laughs> oh, it's like in three weeks, Rhoda just wheelchairs himself in. Because <laughs> he's been kneecapped. Uh, Six weeks, he comes yeah. in tarred and feathered. <laughs> After eight weeks, he just doesn't come in. No one says anything. Um, uh, Jess sees Karen come into their, their house and says, oh, I wish you'd told uh, me and Harry about the affair. Um, and she's like, you don't have to hide these things from me. And I wanted to say, I'm worldly. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can handle this. I won't go and wander on the moors. <laughs> Although the, the the Fisher girls do like to go wandering. They do, apparently so. Uh, Karen says that you can now ask Vicky to stay. Um Jess then immediately texts Chris to say the person who knows about the fact we had sex is staying with us don't worry lol I, just, I was like that is not the, the idea I suppose in Jess's mind is that if she does tell she'll be kicked out Yeah, but that I still that would not be of comfort to me if no. I'm Chris but how was he just he just come back from the shop how do you go to the shop when you had sex with your boss's child who goes to school while you're a teacher. He's like, better go get some semi-skimmed. <laughs> I, I hope, like... hope my career doesn't collapse while I'm out. Yeah. So such is Karen's about turn on this that not only can Vicky now stay, but she can stay in Bex's room. Um, it was, it's the way Jess just goes, yeah, I, I thought we were, I'd put her in Bex's room. I see no problems with that. The yeah. shrine you've set up to your missing yeah. daughter. <laughs> the untouched room that you yeah. sometimes sleep in, mother. Yeah. So, um, Marcus turns up at Karen's house and we just expect him to believe this is fine. Are we supposed to read a little frisson? I, I, I noted down, they are going to have sex. Yeah. I got proper they're going to have sex vibes yeah, in this yeah. conversation. But maybe it's just they had so much fun with the mid-season of Series 5 <laughs> yeah. that they're now just like, ooh. Yeah. The head teacher can have sex with anyone, she yeah. won't ever even know it. There's definitely a frisson. So the fact we both noticed it, I think, means it's there. Um, uh, they talk a little bit about the separation and Karen talks about how there's holes in the pastoral care system and for a glorious moment I thought we were going to get a new head of pastoral care appointed. No. It's... Because it's, it's... this is the, probably the best indication of early Cameron Britain you've seen. <laughs> they had a head of pastoral care. <laughs> the pastoral care is now gone. Are they replacing them? No, no those responsibilities not... <laughs> are being distributed and added to people's already um, yeah, yeah, yeah. overwhelming workloads. Yeah. And, and there's, a, there's a brief scene where um, uh, Jess and Vicky are sort of looking at each other's clothes and they're looking at the most vile pink jacket I've ever seen in my life. Well, you know, just because it's not your fashion. Well, the thing is, I saw I was, my other half walked through the room while I was watching this episode and I paused it and I asked her to comment on the jacket and she said, that was actually very fashionable for teenage girls in 
2011. Yeah. I sometimes see, like, there's, like, a TikTok thing where people go, if, if 2011 came back and they all yeah. dress up as they, as they did they were wearing those sort of horrible pink fl- <laughs> floofy jacket things. Um, so... That's the end of this episode. The next time trailer, there's lots of drug-based drama with Lauren and Amy and Sam, and then some weird stuff about Janice and John bonding. Isn't it so weird that the children at this school only ever tried to take drugs on the day when there was a drug away? <laughs> it makes them very aware of drugs. It's very- so odd. <laughs> It's just like they go, oh, next week is Drug Awareness Day. And it's like, you saying crack makes me want crack. <laughs> Peep show's only a tenner. Um... <laughs> or listen to enough of these episodes, you get the whole show for free. <laughs> yeah. No, because I always cut it out. Oh, okay. That one, I felt, I thought that one fit. <laughs> <laughs> just because we've mentioned it in the episode, it might, it might stay in. Yeah. It might stay in. Um, not a very good episode, I didn't think. It's a bit boring. Where's the anarchy? Give me the anarchy. It's not Eva Pope nearly getting blown up in a caravan, is it? Well, there's a vastly small number of things that are. That's true. Outside of that episode, I believe. If we ever get Eva on, we'll say, by the way, how many other times have you nearly been blown up in a caravan? (laughs) Happens surprisingly often. Um, Play out song. I think it will be Biffy Clyro. I'm very sorry to you. Can you play the McCardle version? (laughs) No. No, I can't. I don't really like Eva, but I just want to support (laughs) Biffy Clyro. I don't want to play the Matt Cardle version. <laughs> Went to number one? It did. It did. But then anything that came out of the X Factor automatically did at that point. Uh, I think Joe McKelgy will have a problem with... Uh... Yeah, that was a whole thing, though. <laughs> that was so fr- Even at the time, that was frustrating. <laughs> and now all those same people who bought that Rage Against the Machine song are now angry at Rage Against the Machine for being political. <laughs> 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 It was good when it was on our time. Yeah. As it, people who had bought that song but never listened to it. And if they had, they certainly hadn't paid attention to the lyrics. 